Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, reading today's article, Food Sensitivities and Intolerances, How and Why to Do an Elimination Diet, by Brian Walsh. If you're suffering from food intolerances or sensitivities, an elimination diet could be the most profound dietary experiment you'll ever try. Contrary to popular belief, food isn't just fuel. That's why we hate those would-you-use-cheap-gas-in-your-Ferrari arguments for eating better. You see, food is also information. Every bite of food you eat sends some sort of message to your body, and your body responds accordingly. So, how are these messages transmitted? Our gastrointestinal tract, GI, is the interface between food and body. And this huge organ system, the size of a tennis court when stretched end-to-end, is responsible for converting our food into chemical messages through the processes of digestion and absorption. However, the GI tract doesn't just digest and absorb food. Surprisingly, the GI tract also has its own independently working nervous system otherwise known as the enteric nervous system. Therefore, the GI tract is rich in neurotransmitters, hormones, chemical messengers, enzymes, and bacteria. Indeed, it's even home to 70% of your body's entire immune system. When things go wrong and how to go about fixing them. Given the amount of resources devoted to the proper function of the GI tract, It seems obvious that a healthy body starts with a healthy GI system. Want to lose fat? Gain muscle? Improve sports performance? Shine with good health and vitality? If so, better get that GI system working properly. But a whole lot can go wrong in the gut. The following can wreak havoc on our GI health. Enzyme deficiency. Microbial imbalance. Motility issues detoxification abnormalities, intestinal permeability, and inflammation. For more on these, you can see our article, Fix Your Gut, Fix Your Health, at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fix dash gut dash fix dash health. Interestingly, food intolerance or sensitivities can contribute to every single one of these problems, either directly or indirectly. Indeed, a growing body of evidence shows that food allergies, or more accurately food sensitivities, can harm numerous other body systems and cause a wide range of unwanted symptoms. For example, 
food sensitivities, reactions, and other gastrointestinal disturbances have been linked to asthma and allergies, autoimmune disorders, skin conditions, arthritis, cardiovascular diseases, neurodegenerative diseases such as dementia, mood disorders, ADD and ADHD, narcolepsy, addiction, migraines, and kidney problems. And that is one huge list. And with more research, the list grows. In fact, because of the number of conditions now correlated to either gut dysfunction or food sensitivities, anyone who feels like their GI system is working suboptimally should at least consider trying a dietary approach known as an elimination diet. Honestly, there are many ways to treat GI-related health conditions, but the first, easiest, and most effective place to start is by eliminating or removing foods that might be causing a problem. Enter the elimination diet. Obviously, there's no such thing as a perfect diet. Biochemically, we're all unique and have individual needs for how much to eat, what to eat, and when to eat. Not to mention the fact that there are social and psychological components to eating as well. So we have to also do our best to find the best nutrition and lifestyle match. However, when suffering from GI-related complaints, the elimination diet is one approach that's extremely useful. It addresses many of our individual needs and benefits nearly everyone who tries it. Plus, it's sort of fun. It's like planning your own research project on yourself. And again, if you don't have any gut-related complaints, there's probably no need to experiment with an elimination diet. Nevertheless, if you're suffering from food sensitivities, following an elimination diet for a few weeks could be the most profound dietary change you'll ever make. For some people, the results can feel nothing short of miraculous. So what is an elimination diet? Well, it's all in the title. You eliminate certain foods for a period of time, usually three or four weeks, then slowly reintroduce specific foods and monitor your symptoms for possible reactions. And why not just get food allergy testing done? Well, it's often expensive and unreliable. Seriously, despite the multitude of currently available food allergy tests, the elimination diet still remains the gold standard for identifying food sensitivities. And as with all allergy tests, it too has its flaws, but it's inexpensive, easy to do, empowering, i.e. you do it, not a lab, and you experience the results firsthand, which can be a more powerful stimulus for dietary changes than a lab test. So let's talk about elimination diet philosophy and practice. Four principles guide the elimination diet plans we assign to our patients. Number one, science. We look to the published research for data on how certain foods impact digestion and health. Number two, experience. Although not based on published research, we use our experience to guide other recommendations. Number three, theory. Based on both science and our experience, we come up with explanatory models for what we're doing. And number four, practicality. In the end, it all comes down to what people can actually stick to. 
All in all, it's easy to get very rigid, dogmatic, or restrictive with the concept of elimination diets, and many practitioners do. But we prefer to be guided by what actually works, as demonstrated by clinical experience and the available evidence. So that's what we're going to cover today. How to do an elimination diet. What to remove. The best elimination diets remove the largest number of foods. Generally speaking, the more restrictive, the better. Yes, it's more work, but as with most things, the more work, the greater the payoff. To begin with, a good elimination diet will remove gluten, dairy, soy, eggs, corn, pork, beef, chicken, beans and lentils, coffee, citrus fruits, nuts, and nightshade vegetables. That might sound like a lot, but it leaves plenty of options for a relatively satisfying diet comprised primarily of rice, meat, as in turkey, fish and lamb, most fruit, and most types of vegetables. In today's article, you can find a table that gives an example of what to include and exclude during an elimination diet. Make sure to check it out, but I'll give you some examples right now. You can include almost all fresh fruit, however exclude citrus fruits. Almost all fresh raw, steamed, sautéed or roasted vegetables, but exclude the tomatoes, eggplant and potatoes. You can include rice or buckwheat, provided you don't suspect sensitivities to grains. You'll want to exclude, however, wheat, corn, barley, spelt, rye, oats, and so forth. Now, as mentioned, this is a fairly restrictive elimination diet. There are lists available on the internet allowing more and sometimes fewer foods in the diet. The key here is to not get too dogmatic. Self-experimentation rules the day. So try different things and see what works for you. Now the only caveat here is that the more you remove, the more likely you are to discover foods you're intolerant to, which is a good thing for your health. And here's another tip. Consider removing any other foods you eat frequently. For example, eat turkey or asparagus every other day? If so, try replacing them during the elimination experiment. You may find that you've become intolerant to one of your daily staples because you're eating it so frequently. So how long should the diet be? The length of an elimination diet can vary depending on your age and the severity of symptoms. Children can usually see benefit from a 7-10 to 10 day elimination diet, while most adults seem to do well following the program for around 3-4 to four weeks. Just don't make things too complicated on yourself. Macronutrient ratios, calorie intake and so forth aren't very important during an elimination diet. The only really important thing is to completely avoid the foods discussed today in this article. Also, during the elimination diet, be sure you consume adequate amounts of water. Anywhere from 2 to 4 liters daily should do the trick. Now let's talk about reintroduction. It's not the purpose of the elimination diet to get rid of all of the foods we've mentioned forever. That would be awful. Rather, the point is to eliminate the foods and then slowly reintroduce them, one at a time, so you can monitor yourself for symptoms. So at the end of the three weeks of elimination, reintroduce a single food group for one day only, and then monitor your symptoms for two days. 
For example, you might decide to reintroduce dairy on a Monday. That day you could eat some cheese, ice cream, and drink a glass of milk, and then get right back to your elimination diet and monitor for any abnormal reactions on Tuesday and Wednesday. If you have no observable symptoms, you may try reintroducing another food, such as eggs, on Thursday. You can continue this process for a couple of more weeks, reintroducing one new food every few days until you've determined what foods may cause you an issue, if any. The whole process will take approximately five to six weeks, and at the end of the experiment, you'll know a heck of a lot more about how your body responds to different foods. The key to the approach is this. Pay attention to how you're feeling. For example, you'll want to monitor your sleep, mood, energy, digestion, bowel habits, and so forth. In fact, we recommend keeping a journal during the elimination phase and tracking any physical, mental, or emotional signs and symptoms. If you feel better during the elimination period, i.e. more energy, better sleep, it may indicate that a food you commonly eat is causing you a problem. The second thing to watch for is symptoms, negative or positive, during the reintroduction. Negative reactions can include insomnia, fatigue, joint pain or inflammation, skin breakouts or rashes, headaches, bowel changes or GI pain, bloating, brain fog, and sinus or other respiratory issues. Because you'll be introducing eliminated foods one at a time, you can be very observant of food-related changes. And virtually anything that is different than you felt during the previous three weeks could be a symptom, negative or positive. Interestingly, some people actually report increased energy when a given food is reintroduced. Now, unfortunately, this may be created by a stress response to the particular food, and that's actually a negative thing. So it's important to keep a log of all reactions, positive or negative. And here's an additional tool, the pulse test. Another tool you can use during the reintroduction is the pulse test. After sitting for about five minutes, make note of your resting pulse, the number of beats that occur in one minute. Then, take a bite of the food you've decided to reintroduce, such as dairy, and retake your resting pulse one minute later. A pulse that's faster or slower by more than 10 beats can indicate sensitivity to a given food if other physical symptoms are present. To confirm a reaction, you can repeat the test again later in the day after a second exposure to the food. If the same thing happens, this can definitely suggest a food intolerance. Obviously, pulse rate can vary for a number of reasons, and therefore this test is not diagnostic of food intolerance, but when correlating it with symptoms, it can add additional valuable information. Now here are some tips for success. By now you should realize that the elimination diet isn't necessarily easy, but it's not that hard either. It just requires that you have a plan and that you pay attention. Of course, the more you put into the elimination diet, the more you get out of it. So here are some tips for having success with this plan. First, prepare. People who spend the week prior to starting the program looking up recipes that are elimination diet friendly do far better than people that jump right into it. Have the foods that you will need on hand. Know how to cook them and prep them as much as possible in advance. For example, making a large pot of rice 
complete with vegetables, protein, and seasonings ahead of time, can help increase compliance during those times when you get hungry and have few options nearby. And clean out your kitchen. People aren't particularly good with willpower. Get rid of the foods that aren't part of your elimination phase, or hide them really well. And keep a journal. Record symptoms, energy, and mood throughout the day to help identify any patterns with food intake. Remember, this is a self-experiment, and every good scientist needs a lab book in which they can keep their notes and experimental details. So in summary, if you think you might be suffering from food intolerances, you might want to try an elimination diet. Food has the power to promote health or create disease, and following an elimination diet can be a rewarding and eye-opening experience. So give it a try if you think your gut health needs a checkup. What you give up temporarily in creature comforts, you'll gain in lasting and unequivocal knowledge about your own health and well-being. This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition, reading today's article, Food Sensitivities and Intolerances, How and Why to Do an Elimination Diet, by Brian Walsh. You can read the article online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash elimination dash diet. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.